0: Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all
1: set. Even though he may help you choose, remember he still may lose. What's up, losers, and welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name's Andrew Bascom and for 109 episodes, we've helped you lose money on everything. It's a sports gambling podcast where we lose money on as many bets as possible in about 20-ish minutes. On this episode, we'll be discussing our favorite ways to lose money on the Sweet 16 and the Oscars. Yes, the Oscars are this weekend. And, of course, a recap and record check at the end of the show. But here's how the episode's going to go. We're going to welcome our old friend and expert on all betting things that don't involve a ball, the jackal, to break down some of our favorite long odds for this year's Academy Awards. Then we break down our favorite picks for Sweet 16. Because God knows you'll see it when we get to the record check. We have some money to make back. We lost some money on the NCAA tournament, and we're ready to lose some more. Got it? Let's lose some money with bet number one. The Academy Awards. All right, up for bet number one is the person that doesn't talk about sports. Oh, my. So we got to be losing some money on the Oscars. The one, the only, the Jackal. Jackal, how you doing? Oh, it's been so long. It's been so long. It has been way too long. So
0: long. I know. So long. And so long when I was looking things up too, I thought, oh my goodness, we missed the Golden Globes. And truthfully, uh, I totally missed those because Don't even remember them happening.
1: Well, they, were, they weren't televised this year. So like they, uh, because I as know. a slap on the wrist, we're like, oh, you're doing something wrong. So we're going to, we're not going <laughs> to televise your thing. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, like that. We, like we didn't know that was happening the whole time.
0: If anything was going to piss off the age of PA, it was going to be uh, not getting a lot of attention. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, they live on attention at this point. But you know what's funny? We got the Oscars coming up this Sunday. If you didn't know, the Oscars are this Sunday. But you know what? It's, it's bigger than it was last year. Last year was like a very low-light year. Not a lot of people saw a lot of movies. The height of the pandemic, people were staying at home. Uh, this year, at least, a lot of the movies have been released within a couple of weeks of being in the theaters or hit streaming almost immediately. And I think, to be honest, the only one that's not on streaming on a free service uh, is Belfast. So I think a lot more people have seen these movies you know, what are, what are the movies that you are like? What are the performances? What are the things you're like, I can't touch this. This is how I think it's going to go. These aren't my bets, but here's my thoughts.
0: Well, I'm going to come in with a fire take that has uh, oh. made me very happy through, okay. uh, through uh, the continuing <laughs> pandemic. Continue, yes. Yes, yes. Mitchell's versus the Machine was robbed of a Best Picture nomination. <laughs>
1: Just Best Picture in general, not even animated.
0: Oh, yeah, no, just best picture in general. I I can't even bet on it. It's the best animated film portion because it makes me sad that it likely will lose to Encanto, which is also an equivalently great movie. But The Mitchell (laughs) vs. the Machines is a unique film, a great take on a young woman's journey, father-daughter relationship, Uh and then you add in robots. I don't know. I don't know how you don't see that as
1: movie goals. (laughs) Oh, right, and robots. I forgot about the robots part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: the robots. Yes, yes, exactly. Robot apocalypse.
1: Kanto's minus 800, and the Mitchells versus Machine is plus 500. They're the second next up. So, you know, like, Kanto's going to win, let's be real. But uh, Mitchells versus Machine's just right there. You know, who knows?
0: That's my extra little pit fit for your uh, <laughs> listeners
1: there. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? Because, you know, you look at the categories, and unlike the years of, like, Marissa Tomei and going, oh, there was a big surprise and no one saw it coming, and, you know, something that, like, I immediately could name off the top of my head, the process before the Oscars since then has become more and more where there's now like the Screen Actors Guild, the producers, the directors, the, you know, Golden Globes, all these different types of awards have kind of taken the surprise out of it. And so I'm going to name a couple of categories because I'm not touching these categories because we already know what's going to happen and the odds have moved too much, okay? So here's the several categories that are just decided in my mind. Troy Kotzer, Supporting Actor, Coda, minus 400. He's going to win. We'll talk to you about Coda in a second. Will Smith, Best Actor, King Richard, minus 900. Yeah, he's, you know, also this is like the most Oscars thing of all time they want they want will smith to be standing up there giving a speech it'll be shared all over the place Will will smith's winning absolutely
0: that i i saw that one and i that was a category i was really thinking of touching just because there's some really good performances in that yes category. yes like really good ones
1: well the benedict cumberbatch one that's the one where you're like well could right. i don't know i don't know this is like too oscars where i'm staying away from that one but then Jane Campion, Power of the Dog director, minus 3,300. That's going to happen, even with her ridiculous uh, William Sister thing that she said the other day, but whatever. Uh, And then Ariana DeBose for West Historia, minus 1,200 as best supporting actors. Those are my ones where I'm like, okay, the odds are just all over the place. I am not touching these ones. Does that sound right to you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Every one of those is just uh, both a really good Oscar pick from the Oscar standpoint as well as, yeah, good bets.
1: Okay, well, there we go. So, we got to ask you, how are you going to be losing money on the Oscars? Well, the
0: one category that was looking kind of competitive, just simply in, it's got a lot of different films in it, is actress in a leading role.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: The movies are, like, absolutely all different. The actresses as well, they're all in different kind of career areas. Mm -hmm. They're different kind of, like, promotional things. You can see it going in a lot of different ways, I
1: think. Absolutely. So to give out the uh, the nominees right now, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers at plus 1400. That movie came out the most recently, so I think that's getting punished a little bit for it. Olivia Colman, The Lost Daughter at plus 750. Kristen Stewart for Spencer at plus 700. Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos at plus 350. And Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye at minus 200. So, Jackal, where are you going with this one?
0: If anyone knows of my Emmy bets, SAG award bets, anything like that, <laughs> I am a sucker for the Royal family. Ah. So I am going for Kristen Stewart and Spencer.
1: Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Explain your thinking here.
0: Well, I mean, first of all, she got absolutely rave reviews in what I think before the movie came out, it sounded like this could have been a train wreck. Yes. This movie. yes and it when it premiered at Venice five minutes standing ovation Mm -hmm. huge reviews best role Kristen Stewart's ever had um the transformation of her into Lady Diana um was just it was incredible um so I think she's a really interesting person she's kind Mm -hmm. of grown up in Hollywood she's a great story too I think she's really someone like Oscar voters will go for and the movies just kind of ridiculous enough yeah I think. yeah but also like very common story everyone knows the story of yes. uh, lady diana and uh, so i think it's a really good oscar beat one
1: well it does because it also fall, falls into two different categories for me young ingenue which they love doing for best actress and Maybe. that's why i'm kind of shocked that maria from west's story uh or the young lady from coda are not nominated because that feels like we love giving them like the little bit of a, here you here you are, you're on the stage now. Even though Kristen Stewart's been acting for you know years, it's, she's still very young and it's like kind of a mm-hmm. thing up. And then the second thing is she plays a famous person. We love giving fucking awards to people playing famous people. And that's why Jessica Chastain is the favorite right now for playing Tammy Faye. It's like she's playing someone that I could hold up a photo of and go like, know her? And you're like, yeah. And you're like, she kind of looks like her, right? And you're like, yeah, she does. Oscars, here you go.
0: I guess it's got to be the reason why Nicole Kidman's nominated. Oh, Lucille yeah, right. <laughs>
1: Sorry. The second favorite, also a famous person for playing Lucille Ball. Oh, my God. The stupid category. I absolutely despise that the best actor is always like gritty tail with like the thing. And then best actress is like, you played someone that looked like someone else. Congrats. Like with that yeah. Renee Zellweger for playing uh, Judy Garland. The other Like I couldn't even name the movie like brutal, just brutal.
0: I think it was called Judy.
1: Oh, it wasn't called Judy? That's how forgettable it was. <laughs> I, I couldn't even remember her name. Fantastic. <laughs> so you're going Chris and Stewart and Spencer at plus 700. Okay. I'm going to be going with Olivia Coleman, the lost daughter, at plus 750. You, people know this. People know this. Listen to the podcast. I try not to go like, this is the better team, and that's why I think they're going to win. Because ultimately, that doesn't really matter. You're kind of battling numbers and other betters and sports books. You're not battling like, but I really think they're good. Except for this, I think Olivia Coleman actually is the best actress in this category. I think her performance was the best one, and uh, and like I just I think I think Jessica Chastain at minus two hundred is like the softest leader in all the major categories. So I think there's a there's an area to be making some money here. So she Jessica Chastain won only once before this, and it was seen as a surprise, and that skyrocketed her to going to minus two hundred as the favorite. So it's not a stone cold lock. People love Olivia Coleman. Uh, you know, like the only downside to this is Jessica Chastain has her running shoes on. Like she has shown up to every luncheon, every press event. She wants to win. And I, I just don't think it's the best performance of the year. So I'm going with a little bit longer odds. Olivia Coleman, lost daughter plus 750.
0: Olivia Coleman is my queen. Yes. So right. I fully support that. <laughs> okay. yeah,
1: <go> ahead. <laughs> there you go. So if you're losing money on Chris Stewart, I'm going to tell you a few other things I'm going to lose money on. And I want you to let me know, okay? We are going to be taking the best documentary feature. So- Summer of Soul is the favorite right now uh, at minus 400. And I just, you know what it, it is won two awards, but you know, recently Attica at plus 1000 has won the director's guild award. And, uh, I think there's like some real odds here for plus a thousand to be kind of sneaking up on a documentary. I know that like, this is another one where they want famous people. So they want quest love to come up who directed summer soul and like to, to give a, to give a speech. And they're like, Oh, great quest love. Yeah. That's fantastic. But Attica, the story of the uprising in the jail, that is kind of the precursor to dog day afternoon i think it's like a a plus 1000 makes a lot of sense to me the last one that i'm going to choose and the biggest odds the bit the the one that i think i'm going to really feel really good about is i'm going to take best best picture coda at plus 135 now this is again is this my favorite movie of the year i don't know if it's even in my top 10 but it is a like heartwarming story uh, in which like people will feel pretty good about themselves uh i don't mean to be glib about this but stories about disabilities and stuff do very well at the oscars Um, plus this year, this year is the ranked choice voting one to 10. So instead of somebody going, here's my best picture, it's power of the dog. And they give you an envelope. No, they rank all 10 nominees from one to 10. And so the award show, so if you have a lot of twos and threes, you can win that award. And I think CODA will show up a lot at two and three because they're, even though they're like, maybe it's not the best picture of the year, but I really enjoyed that movie. It's the only other award show that uses that style of voting that like the Academy Awards is the Producers Guild of America. And who won Best Picture at Producers Guild of America? Coda. So if people don't like Coda at number one, they might have a two, three, and four. And at plus 135, as the second second favorite behind Power of the Dog, I'm going to be taking Coda at Best Picture. You like that? You like how I did the research and everything, too? You like that? Like, I actually looked back into it, and I was like, you know?
0: That's actually really surprising. I didn't realize they were doing the two and three, because, like, literally, you saying that, honest to God, like, you're going to use your first bet as, like, your... Oh well, I gotta say power of the dog. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the uh, whatever. And then you're yeah. gonna go, but I really liked West side story. Songs were nice. And, and the West Side story's
1: like gonna win. <laughs> Steven Spielberg's an old guy who did a good movie. I wanna put I wanna do yeah. that. Like that's that yeah. will show up a lot. And I wonder like I, I think crazy. I think it might solidify some of the favorites as like hard favorites. Cause I think everyone's gonna have like Will Smith, because that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But like in mm-hmm. other ones, I think it's gonna help some underdogs get some money. And so with such big favorites out there, there's ways to make money on that one. Mm.
0: That's
1: really interesting. So crazy, crazy. So I'm going to be taking Coda as mine, but I also have Attica at plus 1,000, Olivia Coleman at plus 750, and you're going to be taking Kristen Stewart for Spencer at plus 700. Jackal, you're the best. Thank you so much for coming on. We love hearing your picks that are everything, not sports. And best of luck with Kristen Stewart. I hope you have fun losing money.
0: Oh, thank you. I'm going to watch uh, Twilight 1, th- or just to catch up on her great performance
1: over under how many how many skits do you think the three hosts are gonna make you laugh at over one and a half
0: Mm, yeah 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 i hope they will i'm really i'm rooting for that
1: i liked them all good
0: good oscar show this year we need a good one
1: we do i think the other the other bet that i just 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 before i let you go the other bet that i like is over under 10 million viewers because last year that's what they got i think it's over with a bullet i think last year was just like a cursed like award ceremony where they tried to make it happen no one saw any of the the I think Nomadland was my favorite movie from that year, but I think it also won because it was also the first to stream. And so people are like, oh, I actually saw that one. Okay, cool. Right. So I think it's over 10 million, and I hope it's over one and a half laughs because all three of them individually are totally fine. I just think they have like a no-win scenario.
0: The Oscars are always a no-win scenario.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, we'll see you later. The NCAA Tournament, Sweet 16. Yes, the Sweet 16 starts Thursday, goes to Friday, and hopefully you're listening to this episode. Before these games start, once again, subscribe so you get a little alert when the episode comes out. So you're like, oh, I got to lose money. Look at this. I got a notification. See? Easy. All right. First game I want to talk about is Gonzaga minus eight versus Arkansas. So this is a little strategic. As of recording, Arkansas is plus eight and a half as the highest ticket to be held at Circa right now and highest handled when the handle and the ticket count are the highest. Wait. Did I not explain this? I feel like I'm losing you here. Okay, let me explain this out here a little bit. There are ticket count and there's handle. Those are two separate things. So let's just say that the circuit book that we're talking about there in Vegas, 100 people bet $10 each on Arkansas. Well, that's great. 100 tickets out there, that's a little bit of liability for the sports book and something they're going to keep in mind. But let's say 10 people went out there and bought Arkansas at $1,000 each. Well, now all of a sudden, even though there's more people with tickets out there, those 10 people have moved the line because of the amount of handle that they've put on the game see the difference between ticket count raw number of tickets and handle amount of money bet on the game those are two separate things okay moving on that handle is so much on arkansas and ticket count that the line has moved down to an eight a little bit see this isn't a great matchup for arkansas so i don't really i don't really understand this in many aspects and on paper it's a bad matchup the razorbacks want to force opponents into turnovers and to get to the free throw line at a high frequency however gonzaga ranks in the top 30 at both turnover rate and defensive foul rate the hogs Also, don't feature enough elite pick-and-roll attack, which Gonzaga's defense can struggle with. Also, Hogs? I would love to just cheer for anything named Hogs. I would love the opportunity to yell Hogs at any time. Go Hogs! That sounds fun, yet Gonzaga minus eight. We still have him as a final four bet and a national championship bet. I don't think the run ends here. I also think the public's wrong all the time, like me. So I'm going to take Gonzaga minus eight. Next match we're going to be talking about is number 15 seed, the underdog, St. Peter's versus number three, Purdue. I'm kidding. We're not going to be talking about this because why would be the number 15 seed, St. Peters? This always happens. Do you remember watching the tournament any other year? There's always an adorable underdog that comes up. Like, do you see the pictures out there of where St. Peters plays versus where they beat Kentucky and Kentucky plays in, like, you know, pretty much what is a pro stadium? And these guys play in a stadium that looks like it was my high school. There's a big difference when winning in the first weekend and getting to the second weekend. That first weekend, oh my God, plucky. You know, you get a couple of days off, everyone gets to celebrate you a little bit, and then they always come back. And get thrashed immediately. I'm not actually going to be betting on this game, and neither should you, unless you're taking Purdue. But that's a 12 and a half line right now. The only one I'd be looking at is a my under, and it's a, you know sitting around 140 right now. So I'd be taking the under in that game just because I think the luck has got to run out, shots will stop being hit, and you know a more talent will win. So St. Peter's might not score a lot, or Purdue just bounds the ball and just like asserts their dominance. So maybe the under, but really stay away from this game. Good for St. Peter's. Good for the Peacocks. Also another great name. Go Peacocks. Okay, a couple more. Providence, the number four seed versus Kansas. Kansas is minus seven and a half right now, just over a touchdown. The overrun is 141. So Providence ranks 13th percentile in points per possession allowed in transition. That could spell doom if Kansas gets out in transition at a high clip. The Friars can, you know, complete the half court on both ends. But if the shots aren't falling and they aren't getting good offensive rebounds, Kansas could be putting points in in a hurry. This could simply come down to which team has better control of the pace of the game. Kansas wants to play up-tempo. Providence wants to slow it down. The real real bet here, because I'm going to take Providence plus 7.5, the luckiest team, you know, the Friars, they're so lucky, is that I have Kansas to win the tournament as a 30-1 to bet from before the season. So why don't I counter my bet a little bit? Why don't I cover myself? Why don't we take Providence plus 7.5? If you bought the tickets for Kansas when we told you to, and you're sitting with me, eh, that's a lot of money. We could be just doing a little bit here to soften the blow with uh, Providence plus 7.5. And And then the last one that we like is Duke plus 1.5 over Texas Tech. See, I'm not betting against Coach K in his last tournament, even though in the ACC tournament they did lose. I understand that. He's a ref whisperer in a normal game. Now, in his final tournament, come on. Also, I think this might be the biggest score difference in the round. I'm going to try and find odds on that, and we'll post it at Losing Money WAB. I think Duke's going to kick the crap out of Texas Tech, and I will say the Texas Tech handle and count is so high right now, is too. Everyone loves Texas Tech over Duke. We're going to go Duke. And again, Swerve the public, plus one and a half. Recap! Okay, to recap the picks from today's show. I like for best picture, Coda, plus 135. For the best documentary feature, Attica, plus 1000. And the best actress, Olivia Colman, at plus 750. The Jackal, she likes Kristen Stewart for Spencer, at plus 700. And then for the Sweet 16, I have Gonzaga, minus 8. Providence, plus seven and a half. Duke, plus one and a half. God help us all, because let's get to the record check. Last week's episode did not go our way. The opening round of the tournament, actually the first day, not so great. Second round actually was pretty good, but unfortunately, we don't talk about the second round on this podcast. We only talked about the first round where I went two and four. Woof. Woof, woof, woof. Minus two and a half units right there, so not, not, a, great, not a great opening round. Second round was good, but you're going to take my word on it. Or you go to losing one WAB, which I'll talk about in a second. We still have three final four bets open with Gonzaga, Houston, and Arizona with a bet for Gonzaga to win the whole thing, so there's still some real opportunity to make our money back, and then some. Just, you just just not great in the first round. Also, on our social record, because last week, our social record was so good, it covered up all the losing money we did on the episode. This week, not so much. 10 and 12, minus two units, so we're just down slightly a little bit. So minus four units, we lost money, baby. Promise achieved. Mission accomplished. We did it. Check out at losing money, WAB for our golf bets for the WGC uh, Dell matchup that started on Thursday and for free daily picks, for daily picks all over the place for basketball, for hockey, for even the next sport that's going to be starting up and the theme and topic for next week's episode, we're going to be losing money on baseball. It's back, baby. So have fun losing money, and we'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose.
0: Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!